Hello there and welcome to the podcast. I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Welcome to Sport and Life. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installation. Search for Serene AV online. Get in touch with Jason Briggs and his fine team to sort you out with any home entertainment needs. Thank you also to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company in the west of England, not far from my home in Cheltenham. And they are purveyors of supplements that we've been taking for 20 plus years under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper. And if you'd like to share a discount with us, you can go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk at checkout. You get 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing with the code DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Remember the free mentoring sessions given away with Anthony Asprey of the Whole Man Academy. He says particularly relevant if you are feeling stuck or not exactly where you want to be in life. Five given away free with the podcast. Go to the link via the show notes. And remember atticboxaudio.co.uk. Do you ever feel like you'd like to hear a loved one's voice now? There are memories of them, people they've passed by. And I think that's what we're trying to do is treasure precious life stories and memories We've done it with our family through Attic Box Audio and doing it for members of the public. Now I sit down for a relaxed conversation, usually starting in childhood all the way up to the present day, typically with with older people. It doesn't have to be. Find out more about that at atticboxaudio.co.uk and you can access it through our website, drapermedia.co.uk. Right on to the podcast now. Great conversation with Chris Scudder. Was hoping Tom McDermott, our sparring partner as well from four years ago in Russia, was on this. But Chris Scudder, a distinguished uh, serving broadcast journalist, former colleague at Sky, but has been to every World Cup since 1994 and he's flying out to the upcoming one in Qatar. So we talk football and all the issues around this current one and his previous journeys. So here he is, the one and only Chris Scudder. Chris Scudder, welcome back to the podcast Sport and Life. I was, well, we were hoping for Tom McDermott, but he's driving somewhere. So hopefully he'll rejoin us for a, a reunion with Russia four years ago. Yeah, you, gone. Four you're years man, ago. You're our man on the ground. Oh, four and a half years ago, isn't it? Incredibly. Our <sighs> yeah, man on the was, ground. Yeah. How, how's, yeah. It go, how's it going? How are you, how are you looking forward to the, the upcoming World Cup? Very much so. I mean, I love the World Cup. Always have done. Um, and I'm, I'll be getting out there for... Uh, second round onwards, um, and see where we go. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 such a unique one. Um, and as we, I, I, it's panned out as I thought it would. Really, that the noise around the controversies have been going for about a week now, and I think they'll go for another few days. And then once the football starts, I'm, I think it'll level off. Uh, you know, FIFA have got a lot of stick. Uh, rightfully, I mean, how can Sepp Blatter come on the week before and say it was a mistake to go there? I mean, incredible, <laughs> really. Given yeah, all yeah. the noise that happened after 2010, when the, when Russia and and Qatar were awarded the, the events, um, I'm in sort of contact with people who who are involved in the tournament, and for them now, it's all very real, and um, they all they want is for people to respect their culture and to turn up. Um, it's it's going to be very difficult. And I think everybody, but very different rather, and everybody who's going, uh, including me, you know, I'm not going to drink. I, I don't need to anyway. I just want to see what it's like. I mean, I've been fascinated by some of the, the pictures coming out the last few days of the, the Indian fans gathered around every team hotel 
And all the noise that's come out of that, you know, are these are they fake fans? Yeah, are they being yeah. paid to be there? Open mind at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. But I will say um, that because this is kind of like a new world order, really, I think they they may well be genuine. I I, I think the whole thing of where they they tag on to a different a team to support. I was looking this morning at uh, uh, in the souk in in Doha last night, or maybe an early. You know, it would have been last night. Uh, a load of Indian fans, uh, about fifty of them, all standing around with 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 St George cross, uh, George's <laughs> cross flag, and singing "We love you, England." We do, <laughs> and it just looks completely weird, very artificial. But I think it, it's the culture's different there. They 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 want to be involved. They want to be included, and I think they're just enjoying it. So open mind on on you know you, you can you can you can understand the cynicism from this end about who are these people. Because it's it's going to be completely different. I mean, it's going to a completely new culture, first time, different time of the year, and we 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 have no idea. So I, I'm fascinated. That's why I wanted to go out there, like I did with Russia in in uh, in, in 2018, to see what it is like there, um, yeah. and applying that for the football uh, factor to to everything to life. Yeah, absolutely. And you imagine what it'll be like if India actually make a World Cup because they're like this about England getting there. Right? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah. But but is it um, is that a sign as well of the, the globalization? We're talking about digital media. Is it the, the fact that other countries now have idols in in other nations as well? Is that partly what we're seeing with India? I think so. And I, yeah, and I think you've only got to look at the way the Premier League has expanded into a, a global brand. And where do they go when they play these overseas? tournaments they go to the far east or to the middle east so yeah. people they're parachuting that culture into these places and the, the the fans there can't get enough of seeing it um so i think what we're seeing now and also i i, I think probably the, the vast majority of the ticket sales for this world cup have gone to people who live in that region and who just cannot wait to see the big stars, the Harry Canes and the Messies and the Ronaldos and all the rest of it. So that's that's why they've sold out nearly three million, million tickets. Um, the, the the interesting thing for me is going to be how many people from around the world are, are also going to be there because I, I know that many of the England and Wales fans uh, who I'm in contact with are not staying in Qatar. They're going to Dubai mm. and then and then flying in because of the costs and all the rest of it. So I think. The spectacle in the in the stadiums are going to be is going to be quite different because yeah. you'll get that kind of. I think we'll get lots of Mexican waves and all that kind of thing <laughs> because it's a different crowd. Uh, well, is it arti not... artificial? You feel artificial? Is it? Yeah, like that's a, a good word. Yeah. I think that's a good. Yeah. Not arti well, artificial in so much as it, it looks artificial to Western eyes, but uh, who are we to say really? I mean, you know, it's different, mm. so it's going to look odd, but. I go back to my first World Cup, and this is in in my book as well, uh, 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 Underdogs and News Hounds. The yeah. uh, my first World Cup working was was the USA '94, and it was a bit like that, in so much as it was the first World Cup outside of Europe and South America. So a lot of the people there were kind of curious, a little bit different because there's so many expats of of, of traditional football supporting countries, but um, but th there was that feel about it where it felt a bit odd a little bit yeah. artificial and artificial it, it, it's, it sounds like a derogatory word but it isn't because it's it, it's got that feel to it because well, it's pre Qatar's built all these stadiums yeah. Yeah. yeah it's come from in other words been built from nothing mm. you know football culture takes decades to 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 sort of permeate 
um, life, doesn't it? Um, mm. You know, South America, when the, the railway workers from Britain in the Victorian age went to South America and, and, and planted the seeds then 140 years ago, 150 years ago. So that's, you know, and that's now, you know, the, 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 one of the, 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 the homes hotbeds, of the yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, hotbeds of the game. So you can, you can see where people are coming from. And, and that's where the controversy about Qatar is. You know, it, it doesn't have any football culture. Nothing is suitable. It's too hot. They don't allow beer, which is part of football culture. <laughs> so you can see, um, and while I kind of agree that it's great to grow the game, this is a complete new page for everybody, isn't it? We, we're going, we're seeing it now in the, every day in the media, the, the Indian fans I just mentioned, all the rest of it. We, we're seeing the game being played out in a completely new arena, uh, new fans watching, uh, and new rules which belong to the country who are hosting, who have paid an absolute fortune for the right to do it. Much controversy mm. about that, of course, but uh, those are the facts, and it's and it's starting now. So I think there'll be a lot of people watching with kind of fascination and I, I have no doubt sort of going, who are the, who are these people in the stands, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, but, but, but all, but, but, but all the same, it's, it is growing football and it's, uh, it's a new, it's a new world order, perhaps, you know, as I say, Premier League clubs are going there. Those stadiums are going to have to be used uh, when it's over. And, you know, we know that the, the clubs are going to go there because there's a lot of money and, you know, it's nice weather. So, mm. you know, all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, f fascinating for that reason, really, just, just to see how it all does pan out. Yeah, it really is, actually. It's, it, and we'll talk about your book more because you've got a beautiful uh, backdrop of under, underdogs and news hounds behind you. In the, in the that is me is... in the basket, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> it, looks, it looks like I can see that, yeah. <laughs> I was... Uh... <laughs> I've got you, the top of your head's cut off, so it looks a bit like Sven for a second. I thought it was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a reference to that, but it was. Um, yeah. uh, it's. We'll talk about that in just a second, and fascinating to hear more about you know the, the process of doing that. But it's interesting you mentioned beer there a couple of times, and you mentioned previously not drinking. We're, we're a lot of cultural analysis of, of the Middle East at the moment and their rights on or their record on human rights, their perspectives on that. That's an interesting sort of concession that you're making. Though. Do you feel that is? part of a halfway house that if you're going to call people to account and things like that perhaps we have to adapt our mores when we go abroad to these cultures yeah well, well look as soon as fifa said it was going to qatar and you know it's been 12 years now then you have to accept the rules i mean that that, that you can drink but only in the fan parks there's a story broken uh, the times broke it last night i think about um uh, Budweiser, one of the sponsors of the of the World Cup, have been told. Well, well, FIFA have been told that the the Qatari uh, um, organizers do not want any booze now sold at the stadiums. I mean, the, yeah. the, the concessions were it was going to be um, you could buy it in kiosks outside the the arenas. Uh, then two days ago, they said we wanted to hide them a bit more because it offends the culture. And now I understand, uh, according to the Times, this is that they're saying that. Um, we don't, they don't want any drink at the stadiums at all. The only place you can get it is in hotels, which has always been the case in in that part of the world and and, and certain bars and in the fan parks where you're allowed. I think it's four beers, isn't it? You're allowed four beers. Really? So it's too, many, too, too many for me, I think. To be honest, yeah, these but days. eleven pound, eleven pound sixty ago, so I shan't be partaking in that. No. You know, but 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 is it? But you can, like you say, you can go without it, and actually, it's not a kind of which can, yeah, that's yeah, right. But it, but yeah. it's part of culture, and a lot of people feel indignation about this that um, it's part of you know football mm. culture. I mean, we, we all do it. I mean, you you go to a game, 
you know, uh, what do you do? You go for a beer before most people do, and they have to go for a beer afterwards. Um, but it's in, you know, FIFA um, uh, uh, voted on this, and despite all the allegations, it, this is where it is, and, and, yeah. the, and the and the country now is is, and I bet you anything. This will be a spectacular show. I mean, they they are not going to mess this up. And they've got you know eight stadiums, uh, everything's in place. What what you can't manufacture is football culture. So that that's where you know you're going to get this sort of discord. I think where they can put on a fantastic show, and I'm sure they will. They'll be you know it'll look great, um, the facilities and everything. Uh, but you can't kind of import that. And there are plenty of people who think well. There have been allegations already that you know fans are being paid to do this, that, and the other. <laughs> and uh, even from the so FA, the, the, yeah. even the England band, uh, who I've ca- came to know over the years pretty well, um, apparently, allegedly, have been uh, have been you know, they've, 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 their way has been paved comfortably so that they can go and and make it look good. Um, that may be a little bit unfair, but they want it to go smoothly um, and. This is this is suspicion from from traditional footballing countries, isn't there? That 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 it's it's artificial. The what what they're doing, but yeah, yeah, and it's it's know. a difficult it's a difficult one because I've got gay friends who are, are very much against it, and you can understand totally. Yeah, why well, that's, the, that's yeah. another issue completely, isn't it? But yeah. but but yeah, so many so many things, so many controversies. But I'm just thinking in terms of what we're going to see as a spectacle, yeah, and what it will look like. That's that's the interesting bit for me. That's why I wanted to go and see it for myself, really. And, and I'll judge whether people have been paid to be there or not, because you can normally tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in some senses, it's a fraud, but in other senses, it's not a bad gig to have if, you, if you're paid to watch football and be a fan. It's uh, a lot of people's dream yeah. job, which is kind yeah. of kind of our job in a way down the years, particularly yours, because you've been out on the road a lot covering covering international tournaments as the book mm-hmm. Underdogs and Newshounds unveils when you look at this he started usa 94 france 98 south korea japan 2002 germany 2006 and then 2010 south africa 2014 brazil 2018 russia it's a it's been a global tour de force hasn't it what what are your favorite Mm. memories from from that entire period favorite tournament if you have one uh strangely looking back now uh, and the most satisfaction i've got from any of those trips is russia really because for the same reason I've just given about seeing that kind of, um, it's, it's I mean, books is, is a travelogue as much as anything else. So for me and for a lot of football fans who go to World Cups and the glory of them is, it's that the travel experience as well, where you get to meet people you probably wouldn't ever before. Uh, and that's the exciting bit. And Brazil was fantastic for that as well. You can imagine yeah. the size of yeah. that place yeah. and and the, and the great football culture and you all the wonderful places. And I get to Qatar so different because it's so small. You know, mm. Blatter said it was a mistake because it shouldn't be that small. And I kind of agree with that. However, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Japan was fantastic as well. But Russia was so interesting to me because I wanted to go there, not because it was going to be a great football tournament, which it was. I mean, Putin was on his very, very best behavior. Uh, not much has been said of that, really. But, uh, it, you know, don't forget those two tournaments, Qatar and Russia, were, were voted on the same day. They came mm. out and everyone went, what? You know, <laughs> um, but what what I liked about that was that I wanted to see for myself what, what Russia is like. Because what, what what do you think of when you think of Russia? People think of grey, mechanical, yeah. unfriendly, hostile people. Have cold, a horrible cold, 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 cold yeah. flats. Cold, cold flats, flats, exactly. Yeah. Concrete. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like that, you know. That's 
so it kind of opens the the door to sort of seeing how people do live and, and i went to siberia and as, wow. as the book shows i i uh you know i ended up there on the day of England's semi-final, I was on a plane to Siberia. It's a long story, but it's it's quite an entertaining one. Uh, sitting behind a lad who came from the, the Mon- from the the far eastern side of Russia, who looked Chinese. He, he was he was from the Asian. Mongolian border. Yeah. Well, you know, well, it's a it's a country it's a country that is almost half the world, isn't it? It's, it's phenomenal. It's incredible, and that's why I wanted to see it. And because I wouldn't ever go there for any other reason, probably. But I'm really glad I did because it's. Uh, and you know, misunderstood people. And it, it, I, what I had to do when I wrote the chapter, um, I had to uh, go back to it after the war started because I, I felt what I wrote down before the war started was that these people are kind of a bit misunderstood. And uh, that w- when you go there, you really get a sense of their kind of patriotism. Mm. And, and you realize and, they're and just, you, just you start people, asking questions yeah. about actually, what do we know about Russians? Uh, and the conclusion I quickly came to was that they are deeply, deeply wounded still by what happened in 1942 and 1943, the Second World War, the Great yeah. Patriotic War. 26 million people died. 26 million. The combined US and England, uh, British losses were 700,000. Wow. That's 35 times more. You can't even get your head around it. No. So. And that's um, what German's Eastern Front was it predominantly when Germany? Well, it was just in, in the country. I mean, yeah. it was you know there was also a lot of starvation, and there was you know, and then Stalin turned on his own people. So they're a very mixed up people, very kind mm-hmm. of wounded, and uh, but fascinating to see them. And they but, get but very, they're also very defensive about their about their you know basically that they feel that everybody's against them. Yeah, that is that is their national psyche. That, that they they think in the West, you're seeing it now. Yeah, you know there are plenty of I know I, I'm still in touch with four people out there. I regularly contact them now, and they're all against the war. Mm. Well, actually, one is not on the fence, but uh, it's you know that they don't want to be fighting the West. But if you if you break it down to um, you know popular I mean, politics, it's, it's, it gets very messy, doesn't it? But, yeah, you know, you've got the yeah. USA. You can find plenty of people who, who will not see past their their borders. You know, sure. the Trump supporters, yeah, the Republican Trump. That's well, tr- that's, that's tr- half of that's half of Russia, well, more than half of Russia, yeah. it, and they fun- are they are like Russia rules. No, nothing else does. Okay, um, so that's what you're up against, really. And then you've got the liberals who who just you know get me out of here. Um, yeah. it's, funny, it's, it's funny though because what you're talking about there with Russia's sense of them and us with the West and the West's sense of them and us with Russia is tribalism, isn't it? And actually. We always talk about tribalism being one of the kind of Achilles heels of football. You know, we have this wonderful passion, but we can have this sort of hatred and hooliganism off the back of it. But actually, football here can ameliorate maybe that sense of cultural tribalism. We're talking about Qatar there. Maybe people go get on, broker, you know, conversations about find the common ground rather than the things Mm. that divide us, which is what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. What what you found in Russia. That's exactly what my book's about. That's my book's about. It's about, you know, how, how... and Infantino, he gets a lot of flack, and he's kind of right about football uniting the world. But you know, when you've got the, the history of of, of his uh, of FIFA, you know, the, the last fifteen twenty years, it and he, he lives story. in Qatar. It's he? all it sounds a bit hollow, doesn't yeah. it? But he's Just... right about that. Me, you know, when when it happened to me so many times, uh, and as I've done, been to all these different World Cups, Brazil was a good a good pace, case in point where I just bumped into people and started talking. And you end up with so many things in common, you know. I can yeah. remember being in 
funnily enough, I, I didn't get out there until after England had been knocked out. Because <laughs> I had tickets for the, I thought I'd go to the knock, a bit like this one, go out for the knockout stages and hopefully we'll win, you know, and be there. Da, da, da. Um, so when I got to, I got to Brazil, we were already out, you know, Costa Rica went through. I had tickets for the second round game, <laughs> which was going to be England in Recife. Yeah. And it was Costa Rica versus Greece. You know, as I said in the book, the equivalent of Crew versus Blackburn, you know, in world terms with both respect to those two clubs. Yeah. Um, and you end up. But but I had a great time. I had a fantastic time just just meeting football people. And, and you're, you're supposed to be neutral anyway as a journalist, aren't you? What do you think about that? Because sometimes we have the, the sort of blurred lines of journalism we were talking about before we started recording now. And it, it, the influencer world, the fan slash journalist. How do you how do you because I think the sort of sometimes there's a sort of a partisanship to some reporting now that maybe feels some of us uncomfortable who came through as sort of more of that objective training. Yeah. Yeah. Are you asking me, should, should you be partisan? I, I've always been, I mean, people yeah. know that I supported Birmingham city, you know, for always have done. I never hid it um, on Sky. But, you, but you'd be know. fair. You'd be fair in your analysis, wouldn't you? I think. Yeah. Well, you be, go yeah. the other way, you go the other way. And you, I've, I've never been on air at Sky, you know, and, and you, and something when there's a blues game on and something happens and you're sort of trying to desperately trying to great case in point was the, do you remember the, the, the famous one at Bolton 2014, Paul Caddis's goal last minute relegation, oh, yeah. relegation minutes away. Uh, and they scored a 2-2 draw, saved from relegation. I was doing laps of the building, you know, I was on air 30 <laughs> seconds later uh, and everyone was laughing in the in the, in the office because, yeah. you know, I was going nuts. So, uh, and you're trying, you're trying to be calm after that. Um, but that's what football's about, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think so. Some people don't like to do that, but some people like to... You know, I mean, with, with, with England, it's sort of like you can't be sort of too... No, you can't. Too, no. Too, too excited, too downbeat, kind of. You have to do your job, don't you? And it's sort yeah. of, I think, in a way, when, you, when you're covering them. I mean, it's all yeah. that. So you have a you have a range in pundits. Ian Wright's typically the very kind of patriotic. I think they are. Yeah, yeah. Lineker's very pro England as well. Mm. You know, um, we've got Wales in the tournament now as well, which complicates it because you can't be too too pro England if you've got a Welsh audience as well. Yeah, that's right. But people people get that. I think you know, it's. Uh, you know, I grew up in Wales. I, I I went to school in Wales for my yeah. teens. Um, so I played I played local football there as well, um, but it doesn't change the fact which team you support. Mm. Um, although my my older brother, who's uh, he was he's two old years older than me, he's he's going out supporting Wales. He still lives yeah. in Wales now, and he's going as a Wales fan. So uh, and he's English. So well, yeah, my dad's it's... my dad's Welsh, so I feel like I got yeah a foot in a foot yeah. in both camps. But it, you, but you feel like as a journalist, I, th- I suppose what we have to do is in this country cover them as equally as possible as we can in the, in the tournament, I think is something yeah. that, that we're feeling because you don't want to be at the England show with Wales the, and, and finally every time. Yeah. But it's interesting. You said, before we came on the start of this recording, we were talking about um, uh, what we're talking about. The, the uh, opinionated journalism is, is, mm. is creeping in more and more now. It seems to be. The, yeah. The tr- so. Uh, Journalist so, slash pundit. Yeah. It's kind of. Very, yeah. People want to hear. That so because it starts conversation, it starts arguments, mm. and that's people like that sort of um, nearly colours to the mask type of thing. Um, I think that's fine. To well, be speak, honest. Speaking of which, how do you think? How do you think? As long as you're balanced, that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, you try. And be, that's 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 the, that's the job. You give it give it from both sides, and I hope in Qatar. That's that's going to happen because at the moment, you know, the, the first week is going to be difficult for them. Yeah, but I think when it starts. And the football, you know, the facilities are great, and you know, hopefully there's be some good games as well. Then that will, you know, and if they do a good uh, a, a good uh, tournament, which I'm, I'm absolutely certain they will, 
uh, aside from all the politics, then you know that's mm. what we'll remember. It's always the way, always yeah. the way. I think, you... I think there's, there's there's certainly nuances you say to that kind of that area between pundit and journalist now in terms of if someone asks your opinion. But I think if you, if you qualify it with objective data or, or a rounded sense rather than go, yeah, England are great, they're gonna they're gonna win the tournament. Of course we are. Everyone else is rubbish. I think there's a there's definitely a way of approaching it. How do you rate? England's chances and I suppose we should mention Wales off the off the back of that as well yeah uh, uh, I, I, just, I, I changed my mind frequently on this um, mm. I think ultimately defensively we're not we won't be good enough to, to go all the very way very poor form have, yeah. have a bit of luck mm. one thing I will say over the years England have had terrible luck at yeah. tournament will that suddenly turn around I mean what, what I like about Gareth Southgate and I kind of agree that he's negative and you can see why people criticised him. Cautious, in the, in yeah. Euros. Too cautious when we had Italy, the, the, the foot was on the throat, wasn't it? Mm. And it, it never, it was almost like that fear, hang on to what we've got. Yeah. That was the, the Pink Floyd song, the time, hanging on in quiet desperation is the England way. Yeah. English way. It reminds me of David Moyes in like the... David Moyes in the 2009 FA Cup final when Everton took the lead against Chelsea. And I've got best friends who are Everton fans. And I always wonder what would have happened to Moyes' career and Everton's career if he'd have just been 1-0 up against Chelsea, if he'd have just stayed on the front foot. But it's yeah. it's not in his nature and it doesn't seem to be no, in the club, not, club's nature. I think that's a human thing, isn't it? Mm. But it, it does seem to be a very British thing. Yeah. But how do I... I think... I just hope they go and express themselves. That's all. You know, you you just they've got so many so many good attacking players. I'm sure nobody wants to play England really either. I, no. I think they're going to be thinking, "Oh, crikey, look at that team!" You know, it's uh, there's some good players there. So I just hope they go out and um, do themselves justice. You know, if you, if 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 it's bad luck again, it will turn around. Mm -hmm. It happened uh, in with the penalties, didn't it? In uh, and I remember exactly where I was in in uh, in Moscow in June. 2018. I think we spoke on the on that podcast that day yeah. or just after. Maybe yeah, around that time with the penalty shootout, and I was, you know, there were very few English fans that were because yeah. everyone was too scared to go. And I ended up in it. It's in the book, you know, and it, it was. I'll never forget it. I was in. I was the only English person in it, but I couldn't get a ticket. Uh, the, all the all the touts, uh, the, the South Americans everywhere, but no Brits. And I ended up in a bar uh, in Moscow next to Red <laughs> Square with a combination of uh, Brazilians and Colombians and they were all going absolutely mad you can imagine I was this that was me you know yeah as a, as I said in the, the, the chapter the white man in Hammersmith Palais Joe Strummer in that song the Clash song where he's alone in you know in a sea of black faces that's how I felt you know for that alone mm. a while uh and you and there's something about that that brings out the defiance in you you know I was never gonna just go, okay, you can win. And of course, when we did beat them and, and the luck ch finally turned around, I thought, yes. Um, and But sadly, you know, the, 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 the courage went out of them a bit in the semi-final, didn't it? It's it courage, really yeah. Took the lead again with that brilliant free kick from yeah, Kieran Trippier. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. when you look, look back, you mentioned the, the luck factor there. Something I've wonder about and the form I think is is bad, isn't it, for England? Six games without a win, three losses, three defeats coming in, which, which seems difficult to inspire confidence when we go into the World Cup, particularly if we get through the group stages and face some some of the colossus opponents we might. But actually, I was thinking about the Italian 90 in that context. But something also I was thinking about, Chris, I don't know if you've 
reflected on the, the dearth of English players because you mentioned the centre-halves. We've got Harry Kane as a world-class centre-forward. We're scratching around for a, a number two striker. We seem to have quite a few attacking midfield players, which is the sort of modern trend. But are you, are you sort of disturbed, concerned about the lack of, of top-class English talent when you really look at, at the important positions? Uh yeah, I mean, I, I, it's unfortunate that it's a shame, you know, Rio and uh, JT weren't around now, one of them at least. Yeah. Or t- Tony Adams was always yeah, yeah. Look at You really look at the Brazil team, you know, you look at their team, their forwards are incredible. They've got, I look like there's nine of them. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be playing. There's nine of them. And then look at the rest of the squad, you think, actually, you know, yeah. but with Gimarai, so, who we didn't know much about until he came to Newcastle, is fantastic. But the rest of the team is not that great. Thiago you know, Silva's still got playing. Amazing it. attacking talent. But yeah. you see, the difference is they play to their strength. They say, well, how are we going to win? It's about any coach will tell you, you, you any good coach, you, you you use the the players you've got as to, to what best suits them. So mm. it's no good trying to play football with a bunch of cloggers. Yeah. You've got to, you know, you've got to, it's horses for courses. So the Brazil go, well, what do we, what are we good at? We're good at a, a, a offensive football. So they let it speak. We, you know, we, we kind of, we, we don't get that in the same way. I think that caution uh, needs to be overcome. But I do think, you know, Southgate is, is pragmatic. We are flexible now. I just hope mm-hmm. that he's brave in his substitutions, perhaps. And then, if 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 a system needs to be changed during a game, it doesn't just carry on and hope for the best. Uh, and they can you know, do some doubt. Listen, I, I, if if they did go on and get to to, to win it, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Get to the final because it, football's like that. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't take much, does it? You get through the group, you have a second round game, and then it's it's knockout football. And yeah. we, are, Lord knows, England have been due some. You know, we go back to South Africa and. This is in the book, you know. I, I can remember almost in freeze frame seeing the, the Lampard goal. People say, "Oh, we got b- battered four-one by Germany," but it was two-two. Mm. When that goal goes in, it's two-two, and you've got Rooney on the pitch who would have woken up. He was rubbish in that tournament, and you've got uh, Gerard and Lampard. They all would have yeah. woken up. I think England would have won that game. People yeah, disagree. Sliding doors but, moments, yeah, it, absolutely. I, I, and, then I, I, through, and then they play Ghana or whoever it was. So. You know, that's that's mm. that's how it is. And it's so unpredictable as well. Like we've just had my local club, Cheltenham Town, had the humiliation of arguably their worst mm. ever result against Alfchurch in the FA Cup at home. And the week after, they go to Portman Road against 25,000, arguably a, a championship stature club or, or almost knocking on the Premier League, have been a Premier League. And they got a one-all draw. And you think, yeah, it's yeah. Fat, you know, the, the switch in the pendulum is because football is low scoring. It's unpredictable. Chris, Scuds, it's been brilliant to speak to you. Um I guess we'll wrap it up there, but just where where do we go to get the book? Where's the best place to? Uh, well, you can find it. Just, just Google it. Uh, it's on uh, if you go on my my social media. So it's on Amazon. Uh, Projectus is the name of the, the, the publishing company. But um, if you just Google it, you'll find it. Um, and yeah, it's a yeah, it's a a road book. And for anybody who ever wanted to go to a World Cup but never never got round to it, and it, they are the, they are brilliant things to attend. And you just have got to have an open mind and just go. And follow your nose because that's yeah. that's the yeah. best thing about it. I've, I've made so many friends and seen so many things I never thought I would do. It, you know, it's not about the stadiums. It's not about going in and paying. F- mm. I mean, that's another thing. The, the, the prices of this World Cup are an absolute scandal. Accommodation, yeah. absolute scandal, needs to stop. 
but and because of that, you know, I, I've been to World Cups where I'm not going to go and pay that. Go and watch it in Brazil. I watched two games in the street, once on the beach in Copacabana, <laughs> up to my waist in water, and they were the best times. I bet. Because you're still watching it and you're watching it with real people. And that's what it's all about. You just go out there. And that's what the book's about, really. It's a, it's a, it's an adventure. When you go on holiday and you have the great trip and you think, oh, did we really do that? But but with, with the football thrown in as well. That's, I yeah, love that's it. Fun. I love it. I've spent a lot of time in a studio. I'd love to, to go to a World Cup. I think it, is the, it remains the pinnacle of, of sports reporting, the biggest event in the world. Scott, it's wonderful to speak to you. I hope to catch up soon. We'll try and, get, we'll try and do yeah. one when you're out in Qatar as well for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be, be a pleasure. And uh, come on, England and Wales. Yes, go on, Wales. How do you feel about this World Cup? Interesting one, isn't it? With all the, the human rights concerns, but also that sense that I think a lot of people are saying to me, we can't be too holier than thou and overly condemning of other cultures when we haven't necessarily got a house in order, which I know Carlos Quiros, the Iran manager, has said in the build-up to this. Let me know your thoughts. If you enjoyed the podcast with Scuds, please rate it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you are. Write a review, tell a friend. That'd be very much appreciated. Thank you for listening, first and foremost. Hope you come back soon. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Cytoplan, if you're looking to optimise your immunity, lots of coughs and colds around at the moment in the UK as we head into the dark and dreary time of the year. And if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, the discount code at checkout is DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals 1-0 and the capital letter R. So that's 30% off your first purchase 10% 10% ongoing. Remember the free mentoring sessions with Anthony Asprey accessible via the show notes, just five given away each month. And if you are looking perhaps or intrigued by the concept of having a quality recording of a loved one's life story, t- typically an older person, it could be yourself as well, leaving a legacy, the memories, a true life story for your future generations to enjoy, then head to atticboxaudio.co.uk for more inf- information on that, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X-audio.co.uk or you can get there via drapermedia.co.uk. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Take care, have a good weekend and rest of the week to come. Mm